When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now, after years of planning, sweating, and going broke, here is the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. And it left the media. Why they would give this man a podcast is anyone's guess. And there is what could only be a bizarre coincidence or something else. Welcome to the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. Trapped, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, sir. Country music and fine moonshine. You look like the vermin-ridden son of a bitch you are. A podcast for every Everyone in the good old USA and all around the world. Quality booze and country music at its best. So you're saying you set my country music award on fire? The music, nice and loud. What we do is if we need that extra push over the cliff, you know what we do? Put it up to a eleven, exactly. You can email the show at bootsandwhiskeypodcast at gmail.com. That's boots and whiskey podcast at gmail.com. Mr. Swimming with bow-legged women. All social media can be found at Boots and Whiskey Podcast. The show is great, even if you're sober. Well, my advice to you. Start drinking heavily. Jim loves his music and his whiskey. A real woman could stop you from drinking. It has to be a real big woman. This is the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. Great music, great booze, and fun, even for you non-drinkers. Y'all want to drink whiskey? <laughs> I'd like a Coca-Cola in a clean glass. Finally, a podcast that lets it all hang out. Let's level with America. Got your boots? Ready for some whiskey? These boots are made for walking. One of these days these boots are gonna walk all over you. And now, the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Boots and Whiskey Podcast. Today my guest is Rob Reiser. Rob is a New York native now in Nashville, Tennessee, doing all kinds of absolutely incredible stuff down there. Um, you can find Rob playing by himself in Nashville. You can see him playing with Kirsty Krause on the road. You don't want to miss this guy whenever you can see him. Um, I had an absolute great time talking to Rob. Um, it's, you know, every... Every single episode I do, there's something new I learn. There's some sort of feeling and emotion. And this conversation you're about to hear is absolutely no different. Um, Rob really got me in the feels with a couple of things here. And you'll see and you'll hear them shortly. Um, So, Rob, thank you so much for your time. It was great to hear about you and where you're coming from and where you've come from. And... and, um, I appreciate that, and I appreciate you. Um, before we get started, as always, Mitch Max, Rowdy Road, Dirt Road Scholar Supply Company, um, Afterglow Boutique, American Grit and Grace, Boone's Bourbon, um, some interesting stuff maybe coming with them. Uh, I'm going to start shouting them out as well, so 
here you are, Boone's Bourbon. Um, I don't think I've missed anybody. I think that's everybody. Um, you know, thank you all so much for the love and the support. I can't tell you how much it really does mean to me. So thank you for um, getting my word out there and letting me get yours as well. Um, so without further ado, um, my very gracious friend, Rob Reiser. Hey, Rob. Hey, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. Awesome. Uh, thanks for coming on. Thanks for being here. It's my pleasure. I've been looking forward to this for a while. Yeah, me too. Me too. You know, sorry that things got, you know, hectic and, you know, the whole process took way longer than, you know, maybe it should have, but, you know, I'm glad you're here. It's all good. We're both busy guys. <laughs> yeah. Good thing, right? Yeah. You know, it's crazy. You know, I, I, I keep telling people like this whole thing came out of absolutely nowhere for me, um, which I guess is good. Right. Um, so, you know, I'm just trying to take it one step at a time now, you know, I'm trying to slow it down and rein it in a little bit and, you know, some, some new things will be coming next year, but I'm, I'm happy that you're here and getting you, getting your word out there and telling people about who you are and what you're doing. Yeah. I mean, I could totally empathize with everything you just said and uh, I appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. So, so, you know, like I tell everybody, you know, this is, this is about you. So, you know, whatever you want to talk about, whatever you want to tell us and whatever, you know, it's all you, man. You know, and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll discuss things as like, you tell us who you are, what you're doing, where you are and, and, and we'll go from there. Awesome. Um, so I'm Rob Reiser. I'm based out of Nashville, Tennessee. I'm from upstate New York. Um, not the uh, part of New York that most people picture in their mind when they think of New York. I'm from about, Three hours north of the city, uh, up, up in the Adirondack region, uh, where it's a lot of old mountains and lakes and really beautiful and spacious and farmland and just a completely different type of living that people think that would think of New York as. But um, got into music when I was very young, um, never really had any like natural abilities in it. I just loved it so much for the way I connected with it and the way it made me feel um, it, especially in my teens, like I always tell everybody I, if, if I was alive today without music, I wouldn't be me without music because uh, you know, it definitely saved me as a kid. Um, I was very, I was into like a lot of lyrically driven music back then and um, getting connected to music in that way. Um, I just wanted to affect other people the way that music affected me. Um, and that's kind of where it all started for me. That's awesome. That's, you know, that's incredible. You know, I, I too, you know, grew up with music and, you know, no real actual talent, but, you know, I faked it really well. Um, <laughs> so like I, I can, um, so what made you go, what, what sparked you to move to Nashville and, and start doing the whole thing? So I grew up around country music. Um, my parents listened to country music. I was in an area that country music was really big. And uh, actually, country music was, I wouldn't say forced on me, but 
not only was it playing in my house all the time, but the only radio station that would come in clear on FM radio in the area I live, because it was so rural, was a local country station. So that was just, it was just always around. Um, but I kind of grew up more on rock because that's what my friends were listening to. And that's what was kind of popular in the early 2000s. You know, you basically either listen to NSYNC or Creed when I was growing yeah. up. You know? Oh, yeah. Yep. I remember. Um, yeah. And I was on, <laughs> I was on more of the Creed side of things. But, um, <laughs> But yeah, so I was big into rock, but country was always around and I always appreciated it. And uh, I guess in my early 20s, kind of discovered that my voice fit country more and I was really big into guitar. And that was the, the point where like Brad Paisley and Keith Urban were just huge on the country scene. And I looked up to them as guitar players and just got into their music, not realizing that I was falling in love with country. Um so country music kind of took over in my, my early 20s and I started playing that stuff. And, you know, as a natural progression, you go visit Nashville because that's the center of it. And I fell in love with this city from the very first night that I was here. Um, I wanted to live here and I just had a lot of things that tied me to New York. I had a great job, I had a business, I had a band up there, um, family. And I would visit Nashville every chance I get. I used to... Um, Literally, anytime I can get three, four days off in a row, I would just drive straight from New York down to Nashville, 16, 17 hour drive, um, just to be here. And uh, I was getting really serious about moving in my mid 20s. And then uh, it got accelerated when I lost my dad. My dad passed away. Oh, I'm and, sorry uh, to hear that. Thank you. Yeah, he was young. And, you know, even at his age, he had so many dreams that he still wanted to do that he always talked about doing. And when he passed away, I, it just hit me where I was like, I, I, if I, if I end up in that position where I, you know, go without having pursued music, which is the most important thing to my life, I just wouldn't be able to, I just couldn't fathom that. I, I, I didn't sit okay with me. And it got to the point where like, I couldn't work my sales job anymore. Cause I was just so just, it just didn't align with what I wanted. And I, I knew at that point I needed to make the jump. And uh, six months later, after we passed away, I moved to Nashville. I, I uh, you know, closed down. I had a personal training business. I closed down my business, you know, gave my band notice and uh, just just made the leap. And I always wanted to do it. And, you know, I, I knew that I would not be able to live with myself if I didn't. So I came here uh, in 2019, six months prior to <laughs> a worldwide pandemic. Yeah. Um, but I know I, I, it was still the right thing and the right time for me to do it. That's awesome. That that's incredible. And you know, it, it sucks that, you know, losing your dad made you, you know, say screw it and pursue, pursue what your dream was, but you know, you know, luckily enough for you, you, you have the ability to do so. Yeah. And, that, and that's the silver lining behind it. You know, he was always a guy that, gave me a lot of lessons growing up and that was kind of his final lesson you know don't go without pursuing those dreams and yeah i had to do it at that point there was there was literally like it hit me in a in like a moment it was a complete epiphany and like i just knew like there was no choice anymore i just had to put things in line to make it happen yeah so all right so when you get to town right what do you, where are you playing what are you doing you know how what kind of connections are you making Oh, uh, it's fun. That's, that's a pretty funny story, actually. Um, so on my last trip to Nashville, before I moved, it was um, in March of 2019. I moved in September of 2019. So my very last trip, 
a weird turn of events happened that led to me getting on stage at Tootsie's and basically walking off stage with a job offer to play at Tootsie's. And um, basically I was like, that's awesome, but I live in New York. And, uh, you know, the person that books musicians there said to me, well, when you move to Nashville, and I hadn't said at that time I was moving to Nashville, she said to me, when you move to Nashville, you contact me and I will remember you and you'll have a job. So literally when I was two hours out from getting to Nashville when I was moving here, I sent her an email and uh, then literally the next day I had a meeting with Tootsies um, and left that day at noon with a shift to play on Broadway at two o'clock that day. It's two hours later. Thankfully, I'd had a guitar in my car ready to go. And uh, so literally my first full day in Nashville, I played a gig down on Broadway and um, I played for Tootsies for a while and uh, eventually kind of expanded my horizons to other venues um, and, you know, just kind of grew and as a performer and, uh, evolved into different kinds of shows down on Broadway. Um, I don't play Tootsies anymore. I, I appreciate that time in my life cause they kind of launched it, uh, playing Broadway for me, but it started with playing Broadway for me and then meeting people and ending up going to whiskey jam and, uh, starting to write with people I bumped into and it just kind of unfolded naturally. I never really knew anybody that like told me all the things to do i just kind of explored the city and everywhere you go you find music and musicians and writers so that's that's the beauty of, of music city you know yeah you know like it's it's funny because you know i didn't know this story going into it and you know being the you know the history junkie of the of the genre and you know loving the city as much as i do and you know, it's it's funny you say the Tootsie story because Tootsie's was the first bar my wife and I walked into when we got to Nashville. Really? So I can, yeah. So it's like, it, you know, I got chills listening to that story because it was like, I can only imagine what that would be like. Oh, it was crazy because, I mean, everyone needs to walk through Tootsie's just because of the history there. Like, oh, even if it's yeah. even if it's not the same ownership and stuff of when Tootsie's was created, like, it still has that vibe. Um, everyone should take a walk through Tootsie's and experience that but the the weekend i was there as with some friends and they had tried all weekend to get me on stage without me knowing because they just wanted to surprise me and uh it's just the, not, the perfect opportunity came at tootsies and i didn't even know about it when the band called me up i wasn't expecting it at all my voice wasn't warm anything and i was kind of taken off guard and uh they asked me you know what do you want to play and i was like dirk bentley is the first thing i could think of and so I, you know, asked them for a couple different Dirk Bentley songs and they happen to know Am I the Only One, which is kind of an older hit of his. And uh, it was pretty, it was a cool moment for me because I'd stepped on stage and I have a low voice and growing up, especially like doing the rock thing, it was always like, oh, you know, you can't sing high, you know, stuff's out of my range, blah, blah, blah. And that's why my voice always kind of fit into country. Um, so I remember stepping on stage to do that song and the first three words of my the only one are, are at the bottom of the register. And I'd never like felt like I had ever been appreciated for my voice being low. And I remember going on stage and within the first three words of the song, like the crowd just went crazy because they heard that I had that, you know, traditional 
baritone country voice and that was like a huge moment for me where I, I felt like I truly fit in like I felt like I belonged and it just meant a lot to me to know that people appreciated that yeah yeah you know it, it's it's crazy how you know you, you talk about your voice and stuff and like I first thing I thought about when I first heard you and how you know how unique your sound was for you know really the genre of what it is now yeah, I mean, I still cling on to my influences. I'm, I grew up on, my grandparents actually really exposed me a lot to like Johnny Cash and Frank Sinatra, who were both bass baritones. And I love like Dirks Bentley and Jake Owen. That's kind of the country I was listening to, or like Toby Keith, um, Brad Paisley. Like, that's just kind of what I was singing growing up. And I think it just, just stuck with me. And that's country music to me. You know, the genre's really expanded and that's cool and all. Um, but I just still love that part of country music that, you know, that kind of classic sound. And I, I definitely think that my overall sound isn't exactly classic country, but I kind of want to hold on to that vocal style. Cause that's what I identify when I hear country music. Like that, that to me is country. Yeah. I, and you know, I agree with you and you know, you hear a lot of debate about, you know, is this song country? Is this song country? Is this isn't country music? You know, you hear, you hear that a lot. I'm tired of hearing that because <laughs> if you go back to like, so I'm not the biggest Garth Brooks fans, but if you go back to like when Garth Brooks got his start in the nineties, everyone said that Garth Brooks wasn't country. Right? right. And who would deny that Garth Brooks is country now? He defines right. country music. Right. He is, right. he is like one of the biggest stars ever. So I think that that's like, I, I think that's so backwards minded. I mean, there has to be like, you know, some point where, maybe something's not going to be given an award in a country music category because it went too far. But I really hate like the whole genre thing because even people that are really country don't just listen to country, you know, everyone listens to different types of music. Right. Right. Everybody's getting their influences from somewhere. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you have, you have a song out. Um, yeah. And you want to tell us a little bit about that and how that came to be and, and all of that. I would love to, because that story is actually really special to me. Um, and uh, the reason why I released that song was to honor my dad, because that song has a lot to do with him. Um, I, uh, I always used to have talks with my dad, and he'd always tell these stories. He was always a big storyteller of, you know, the days gone by, you know, and he would always have stories of his youth and all that. And Back in the day when he was my age, he had a 1971 Dodge Challenger. And that, that car was just infused into so many of his stories. It almost always start with that car. And <laughs> he, uh, so, you know, he'd repeat the same stories a lot. So I hear him a lot. And I remember one time he was telling a story and he was talking about it, the car and all that. And I always let him talk because it always made him happy to talk about it. You know, even if I'd heard the story before. Yeah. But I was kind of drifting off in my mind thinking about the name the challenger that you know the, i just thought that was just a cool name you know like all cars have like you know names for whatever reason but i just thought like that just that that word just like evoked emotion out of me challenger and i thought about what it meant to me and i i kind of in my head related it to how in boxing or like ufc or whatever there's when they have like a championship match it's the champion versus the challenger yeah, And, you know, the champion comes in with all the fans and all the glory and has all the money he needs to get the best training and the best nutrition. And, you know, he, he's really not 
uh, he he's not coming from a tougher background. You know, he's he's got everything going for him. And versus the the challenger is just he's just given everything he has to to try to get to that place. You know, he he might he might not have anything behind him other than his dreams and you know his his the fight and his spirit. And I just kind of related to that, you know, in the music world, all of us independent artists, we're, we're the challenger. We're, we're trying to, you know, take our shot at, at going to that next level. Um, so came out of that conversation with my dad, still thinking about that. And I wrote the majority of that song probably in 20 or 30 minutes. Um, the song got a lot of revisions over time, but I had related it to that boxing theme. Um, and I also like kind of wanted to put like words of wisdom in it. And it just so happened that some of those sayings that my dad kind of instilled in me growing up made their way into the song. There's like a few lines in the song that are literally direct quotes verbatim of stuff he used to say. Um, so I actually ended up listing my dad as a songwriter on that song. That's awesome. So, <laughs> it, it was really special to me. So when it came time to pick a song, to invest in because you know recording's expensive yeah i figured like i might have more commercial songs out there but this one was the most meaningful to me and kind of wanted to do it to honor my dad after i lost him and uh that song actually had uh been pitched to a publishing company and looked like at one point it was going to go somewhere and then it didn't um so i was like okay it's my song i want to own it um, I took their constructive criticism, made a few changes to it and recorded it. And, uh, that became my first single. And it means a lot to me to this day, every time and I've, that's the song I play out the most because it's my single. And there's never a time that I don't connect with that song when I play it. And that's why I'm so happy I chose that one. That's awesome. That's, that's really, you know, that story is, is really something. And it's, it's a nice way to honor your dad. And I think, you know, whether regardless of what you believe in or you know whatever he's you know i'm sure he's super proud of you for that i appreciate that so much i appreciate yeah. that and my favorite part about it too is like i feel like if i had written directly about you know losing my dad or whatever you know it would have been you know more of a sad song or you know more of an emotional song whereas no one will listen to that song and know that the connection it has to my dad. Like anyone can appreciate it. You know, it's kind of like a very subtle nod to him. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely something everybody could, you know, there's something in it for everybody to relate to. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, so now let's talk a little more about, you know, your releases and what's to come. Right. So the challenger comes out last year. Yeah. What's, what's on tap coming? Well, I learned a lot of lessons from that song. Um, I originally was supposed to release that song in April of 2020. We were in the studio for it on March 16th, and the world shut down like two days later. Uh, so we never got to finish it. It was a half-done track for three or four months. And then when the studios finally opened up, um, I got bumped for some bigger names, Carrie Underwood being one of them, which is actually a pretty cool reason to get told you can't come in that day. Sorry, <laughs> Carrie Underwood's using the room. Um, so it messed up everything because... I had a bunch of dates booked to promote it and they all got canceled. 34 dates got canceled. And uh, so I learned a lot about 
the things I should have done in promoting it because my way of promoting it was just going to be to play shows. Yeah. Um, so now I think I have a lot of lessons, but I've also learned about how I want to go about um, producing the next track, the things that I kind of want to change about the approach and all that. So I've been a little more cautious um, and I've had a few meetings with producers lately um, they've definitely been moving in the right direction. I haven't had that moment where I'm like, that's my guy. That's my situation. Um, I got offered a couple of production deals, which are basically like when you sign a contract with um, a company to record with them, they give you a discount. So they're like invested in you, but it's not like a record label where they pay for it. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm, I'm in the process of figuring out what the best solution for me is on, on the avenue of that you know that's the side of the music business that people don't think about they think that you know you just pick a song and you start to go record it call somebody up walk out of the studio here's your track it, it's just it's just so much more that goes on behind the scenes and i'm making my way through that process but my plan is uh to record what i'm going to do is i'm going to record about seven songs and they're going to be recorded in a way where they fit together as a cohesive unit, but I'm going to release them as singles okay. um, throughout 22. And then at the end of it, release it as uh, one single EP. Nice. Um, so that's, that's the plan because I've, I've got so much music pent up that needs to get out there that it's hard for me to just like pick one song and say, this is going to be my next big release. I really want to just start getting the different sides of me out there. You know, I have, I have a love song that I really want to get out there. Um, I've got a more fun song that I want to get out there that, you know, probably would be the better career move because it's a little more commercial. And then I have a song that's like the most anti-commercial thing you could ever expect to release in country music. It's a song about quitting drinking. Oh. And uh, it's, it's, it's a song that I never thought I would release, but I've played it at rounds and shows. And it's like every time I play that song, somebody comes up to me and says, you know, I really needed to hear that or I wish this person I know heard that. And just the way that song is connecting and resonating with people, I feel like I need to get it out there. You know, alcoholism really affected my family and um, I don't drink because of it. And I just feel like that's something, a message I can really get behind. So that's that's a song that's really close to my heart. I want to get out there and, um, you know, I still want to release more positive up uplifting songs like the challenger was too so i want to get all those sides of me out there uh over the course of 22 so that at the end of it i kind of feel like i can give people the spectrum of who i am as an artist so that's the next project that i'm going to be releasing that's awesome that that i can't wait for that whole for now i can't wait for next year for all of this <laughs> to, come, to come i mean i can't wait for next year for a lot of reasons yeah but, you are uh, too kind you are too <laughs> kind you know, this is going to be great. You know, I love what I love hearing when artists have a vision, you know, because I, I can't tell you how many times you hear like, oh, well, I think I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. And, you know, it might might be this. It might be that. And it's like, just, you know, please make up my mind. So I know what to look forward to. <laughs> if anything, I am too particular about that stuff. Um, oh, but right. I try not to let it get in my way of, of moving forward too. Yeah, but, but you know what? It's your career. This is what you're doing. That's what yeah. you have to do. You have to you have to be nitpicky and a pain in the ass to other people to get where you want to be. Absolutely. And, and for me too, like I don't see myself as just a singer and a writer. I'm also a guitar player and that part of it is just as important to me as, as well. 
Yeah. Um, so getting getting the right feel of the music and the right sound is is just as important to me as getting the right vocal melody. Yeah. Um, so that's that's a big part of it too. Is I want to be very very hands on with the music portion of things. So this is actually a perfect segue because I wanted to get into this, and you know, like I tell everybody, this is not scripted at all. Yeah. Right. It's just it's just a conversation. That. Um, so with your guitar playing, I, you know, you and I have gone back and forth about it a little bit, you know, previously, but, um, I know a big influence for you is Mark Tremonti from Creek. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So now you and I, you know, and I said this to you, you and I have a lot of that in common because I can't play guitar. I can look at it. You know, I have one sitting right here. I have a Fender acoustic that I just, it just sits on my wall. Right. Yeah. Um, but as a kid growing up, because I'm guessing you and I are in the same age bracket, um, you know, Tremonti was, was God to us yes. as kids that loved music, or at least, you know, I thought so. I would go as far as saying I wouldn't play guitar if it wasn't for him. Right. Like you know, he, he just was so has, inspiring. Yeah. I ha he has just this way about him and how he played and how he just, you know, really held that band together and yeah. you know, Alter Bridge for all, you know, all its intents and purposes. And it just, yeah, like he was just so slick. Yeah. And passionate, you know. Yeah. And he just had his sound like you cannot have one of his songs come on the radio and not know it's him. It's funny you mentioned Alter Bridge because, you know, I was a big fan of Creed. I didn't know that Alter Bridge was Creed I, without Scott Stepp. Well, I didn't know that they had formed. Like I like at that time when I was in I was in middle school or early high school, I didn't know that Creed had like really called it quits because it kinda happened suddenly where like Creed yeah. called it quits and then Alter Bridge was a thing. So I remember I remember like I was listening to the radio and this guitar came on and it was their first their lead single, Open Your Eyes. And I was like, That's Mark Tremonti. And then a new singer was singing over it and I was like I was like, what is going on right now? But like his sound is so unique that, and just so distinguishable from everything else that like, I knew it was Mark Tremonti playing. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that's like the, that's my favorite kind of guitar player is the one where like instantly, you know exactly who that is. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that's, that's, that was a really cool thing about him back in the day is like he had his sound and um, it was just so inspiring. I remember, I remember being a kid, um, and like having one of Creed CDs and having it in my little stereo boombox and like replaying that clean uh, guitar part that's the intro for My Sacrifice by Creed. I remember replaying that over and over and over again and just listening to those that 10 to 15 second intro over and over and over again because it just like the the it just that guitar part had so much emotion in it. Like the same way that when someone sings, you feel emotion. I felt so much emotion from that. And that influenced me a ton. And, and he's, he just like made me want to pick up the guitar. And once I got into guitar, it kind of just took over my life. Like not just like musically, but like I was like big into baseball and football and, you know, I, everything stopped as soon as guitar happened. And you know, music for me kind of started with like singing and writing lyrics. And then I wanted to pick up the guitar. My, my motivation was to be able to accompany myself. But then once I got into it, the guitar just became my focus. 
Um, and there was a period of my life where that was really mainly what I was doing. And then, you know, singing kind of came back into my life later in my twenties, but that instrument changed my whole life. If I had to pick like the, the best decision I ever made in my entire life, it was to play guitar. And I just said this to someone recently, like, cause I, I, you know, I'm mostly known as a singer, you know, when all my shows, I'm a singer. Um, I, I do play guitar for a really awesome artist, Christy Krause. And I love doing that. Um, but most times when people see me, it's as a singer. And I said to somebody recently, I was like, if I had to choose between being a singer and being a guitar player, I wouldn't even have to hesitate. I'd pick being a guitar player. Um, cause you know, there's limits to the voice that you have, but there's no limits to the kind of guitar player you are. You can always just continue to grow and change and go from one style to the next. And it's just so expressive. And I play a ton of gigs. I actually just wrapped up a week where I did nine gigs in one week, all singing, but there's limits to how much you can sing. Like I got offered another gig tonight and I couldn't take it because my voice is spent, but as a guitar player, you can play all you want you know i could play guitar 12 hours a day if you let me you know <laughs> right and and you had to come on the boots of whiskey podcast so. yeah. <laughs> you know, that, i know that was top priority you know? yeah. i've honestly been looking forward to this interview for a long time um just yeah, i could tell I'm, from our I'm conversations glad. that we were going to connect well but yeah, yeah i mean the guitar is just as important to me like when i write songs i don't write with a, G, and D chords, I like to write, you know, with intricate guitar parts that are just as creative as whatever, uh, you know, vocal melody or lyrics I'm putting over top of it. It's very important to me. Yeah, well, you know, Rob, it's not real country music unless it's three chords in the truth, so I don't know what the <laughs> hell you're doing. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, that's it's funny because I, it's, I have such a blend of that, too. You know, sometimes, sometimes I wonder you know you question yourself as an artist like i have a rock background and and the way i have like more of a rock mindset in the way i approach writing music and and utilizing the guitar um but i still think my home is country music because of where my heart is and where my lyrics are and and definitely vocally um but that yeah that that i definitely have more of that rock guitar player mindset from the creative sense yeah so you brought it up, and I have to ask because she was on the show, and I told her that I was going to give you a bunch of shit. But um, <laughs> how how do you how do you? I mean, I heard her side of the story, but I want to hear your side of the story. How do you hook up with Kirsty and start playing guitar for her? I just loved her music. She's so such a passionate performer. Um, so all right, so here's the real funny story. I don't know how much she got into with you, but so not much okay so i I have found that the ladies on my show are a little shyer about things well i'll tell you exactly how we met right now it was tootsies (laughs) of all places um i was uh fronting a band that hosted an open mic so basically my band was on stage we'd play a few songs we'd have a guest up there who had signed up and then we play a few more songs we have the next guest and uh kirstie just wanted to check off the the item on her list that she played Tootsie. So she'd signed up for the open mic and she came on stage and she killed it. She had a fire about the way she performed. That's from the same mindset as the way I perform. And, uh, you know, I had done that open mic for months and never connected with a single person that had come through. But when she walked off stage, I was like, who are you? Let me get your information. 
and we stayed in touch and she actually had sent me um the uh the masters of her album before it's even been released and i loved what she did and then um you know the pandemic hit and everybody kind of turned inward and i didn't talk to her for a while and then i got into a situation where when nash was opening back up again i needed uh, a girl singer to be on my gigs because i couldn't handle the load you know vocally and so i thought of her uh she had popped up on something i'd seen and i i texted her and we started playing some gigs together um together with my band and then um we just kind of became closer artistically and we've written together we've got some songs i'm really proud of and i wanted to be a part of her career so uh she's the first artist that i've really just felt connected to and and believe in so much that you know i'm like i'm cool being your guitar player you know i i I still am gonna do my own thing and um you know play my own shows and write on my own and all that but it's it's really special to be to be a part of her career yeah you know i i gotta say you know i know this i know this episode's about you but see you guys play together like um you know she's one of the you know i try to stay you know somewhat in touch with my guests especially if i see something they do is you know important to them or big or whatever and you know, I'll shoot a text and be like, hey, that's awesome. Congratulations, whatever. You know, I, I got to say, she's one of the very few that, you know, will text back and say thank you. And Absolutely. You know, she, she's just such a sweetheart, you know. And it, it truly is. And that yeah. resonates a lot. It really does. It really does. And, you know, for somebody like me, you know, when you have that kind of connection, that interaction, you know, you want to help promote that person even more, exactly. you know. Because, like, I can't, you know, again, this is my show, I'll say whatever, but, like, I've had, I've had people on that, you know, I really think are absolutely fantastic, but when it comes to having that, you know, personal connection, it just, they want no part of it. And, like, I get it, like, whatever, you know, like, it is what it is, but, you know. And I've got to say, that's, that's almost as important if not more important than the musical talent because you have to have people believe in you to get behind you to build a fan base to build a career right in in this in this music age like no no record executive is going to be sitting there at your open mic or writer's round and hear you and go sign you like that doesn't happen anymore it's not how it works right record labels invest in people that already have a following and have a brand and unless you build that and cultivate that yourself, it's not going to happen. And that's one of the reasons why I believe in her success. She's a very, very talented young lady um, and works very hard, but she's very gifted in the way that she connects with people. And that's, that's really what makes a difference in this industry because when you connect with somebody, they're a fan for life. They'll follow you through every single stage and support you, you know, unending. So that's, that's like the biggest thing for me is that, and that's why I love music is, is how it connects people. You know, I'm so passionate about that aspect of music is that human connection. Right. Right. And, you know, it's one of those things where like every now and again, like I'll, you know, I'll look at the, I try not to look at the numbers of the show and all that because, you know, for whatever reason. Right. But like, if I look and I see, you know, a show isn't doing as well as another show, like I'll throw it back out there and be like, Hey, remember when you know or whatever and 
Oh man, I was literally just talking about this with someone. How like, you know, you're always moving the goalposts. Like sometimes you got to put it into perspective. Like, you know, I as an artist, you get into these comparison states where you're like, well, this person's doing this and that person's doing that. And then I was like, you know what? Like, the Rob of two years ago would idolize you where you're at right now. Like the Rob of two years ago would, would like be ecstatic of where you're standing right now. Why don't you focus on that instead of where someone else is? Cause you don't know somebody else's journey. Right. You don't know what they've been through or who they have supporting them or what kind of financials they have behind them and all that. All that matters is that, you know, you're working towards your goals, but sometimes you need to put it into perspective. Like you kind of lose sight of, um, how far you have come and it, I know that that 15 year old Rob would not even believe where I'm at right now and not saying that like I'm not even close to my dreams I'm I'm on the right track but I'm not even close to where I want to be and there's so many people that are so further along than me but I know that 15 year old Rob would absolutely love the life that I'm living right now yeah absolutely you know it's it's kind of like that you know when Matthew McConaughey got his Oscar and, you know, he talks about, you know, who his hero was and it's him in, you know, 10 years or whatever it is. It's like, that's the way you have to, I really feel like that's the way you have to see things. Absolutely. Um, so you've done the Kirstie Krause thing or you're doing the Kirstie Krause thing. You're doing your own thing. Um, I saw on here, you're actually going to be playing with another uh, person that's actually going to be on the show with Anthony Nix. Are you, what are yeah. you doing with him? Uh, we've got a, a show booked with him up in Wisconsin, kind of more in his neck of the woods. He came down here. Um, I met him, and we hung out at uh, Whiskey Jam. We we played an open mic together, around together, and uh, just really hit it off. He's a good dude. He's fun, and he's he's a great guy. And uh, we just wanted to get a show together. So we're just uh, we're playing one up there, a uh, place I've never been. Honestly, I've got so many dates right now. I can't even tell you exactly where it is, but I know it's in Wisconsin, where he's from. Yeah, and uh, it's gonna be a great time. I'm looking forward to jamming with a buddy. Yeah, it's actually gonna be November 12th for everybody listening. <laughs> um, Thanks for letting me know. <laughs> you know, no problem. It's gonna be at the Narrow Bridge Brew House, and that's in Green Bay. Where, awesome. <laughs> where where uh, where a semi-pro football team plays. Uh, yeah, semi. I mean, I, I guess it kind of depends on whether Aaron Rodgers decides to actually show up or not. Right. <laughs> right. right. I I don't even know this this football season us for us here in New England has been such a shit show that I'm not yeah. even paying attention. Oh, I know, I know. <laughs> I will tell you one thing though. So this past weekend, um, I played downtown a ton because we're going out of town um, for some shows. So I just wanted to make the most of my time in Nashville. And uh, the Buffalo Bills were in town uh, playing the Titans, <sighs> and man, those Bills fans are the most passionate people oh, I've yeah. ever seen. So. Like the, my entire crowd all weekend was Buffalo Bills fans. I yeah. was even making a joke where, you know, during the show, I was like, Tennessee fans make some noise and it would be silent. And then Bills fans make some noise and the place shakes. You know, it's yeah. like those people. Whole, I, I mean, I, I mean, you have to be passionate to stand behind a team that literally breaks your heart every year, I guess. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Trust me, being from Boston, I know exactly what that feels like. Yep. <laughs> um, so, um, you know, it's funny you say that, though, because the um, the weekend my wife and I went to Nashville um, was around this time about three years ago. And we got in on a Sunday 
Okay. And the tight the Titans had played the Eagles at like one o'clock that afternoon. So the rest of the time we were there, it was like everybody was from Philly. And it was like unbelievable. Like how yeah. how you know teams will trap. I mean, what what better re- excuse to go to a football game outside of your home exactly home state than to go to Nashville and see the Titans? They were explain like a group of friends that I well, they're friends now. I met some people yesterday at a show that became friends. I was talking to them yesterday and they were saying the same thing. Like that like Nashville's the type of city where like when you see your teams playing there, you'd want to travel there, kinda like Vegas, you know, like right. When your team goes and plays near Vegas, you go to Vegas to have a trip and see your team. Um, so, yeah, Nashville attracts that crowd. And it's it's a cool dynamic, you know, and it brings a lot of, you know, business and tourists into, you know, downtown Nashville, which is really cool as well. I mean, we kind of started to slow down. Um, you know, Nashville stays particularly busy between May, June through September. Like, that's the real busy season. Yeah. And we were starting to taper off and – you know, then football season comes and it kind of reignites the flame. And then also, you know, Nashville's still kind of warm right now. So it's a good time for people up north like yourself to come visit because, you know, it's 15, 20 degrees warmer than it is up there. Yeah. So you kind of start getting those kind of people coming in too. But yeah, I, I love what it does for the city, you know, having the Titans and having the Preds, like a lot of passion that comes into the city. You get to, get to meet a lot of new people and have, you know, people exposed to your music that you wouldn't have if, if that wasn't a thing. Yeah. I'm just hoping that major league baseball gets off their ass and puts a, puts a so team I, there. I wish I could talk freely because I have information on that, but it's in the works. No, um, I know it's in the works. Oh yeah. I've, I've heard all the stories. I just, yeah, uh, I, I actually, so I also have a, uh, I'm, I'm also a personal trainer and I have like an online health coaching business and that's all I do outside of music now. And, uh, I have I work with someone who is very heavily involved in that, and uh, there's a couple variables that got to happen. I would say it might be like five years down the line, but man, that would be a cool thing. But I mean, I even went to you know Nashville has a minor league team, yeah, the, the Nashville Stars, and like I went to one of their games, and it was awesome. Like it yeah. was a great time. I the ballpark is absolutely beautiful. Um, but so Nashville is next in line for a major league team. There's just a few variables. There's a couple existing teams that need to settle as they say they need, they need to make sure that those franchises are stable before they either decide to move one of those teams or do an expansion yeah. um and that just needs to get figured out but there's already people here that that's their job working on it that's how yeah. serious it is that's awesome because as soon as that happens my god you know i don't care no. if it's a national league team that goes there or an american league team it'll be It'll definitely be on one of the uh, the bucket list stadiums. But, and it makes total sense because oh, there no. isn't really a team close by, you know, like no. Kentucky doesn't have a team either. So it's going to draw those kind of people in, you know? Yeah. What, what the closest major league baseball team is what the Braves or maybe I would the, guess Reds? the Braves. Yeah. I think the Braves. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, yeah, the Braves, definitely the Braves. Cause I think the Reds are like five or six hours away. Atlanta's like four. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, so, where were we? we? We were we were talking. We were talking music at one point in this thing, weren't we? <laughs> uh, well, so, do you have favorite spots in town to play, or are you just happy to play wherever you play? 
man, if there's people listening, I, I will never take for after the pandemic, I will never take any audience for granted ever again. Yeah. Um, cause like I did the live streaming thing, but it didn't do it for me. Like I said earlier, I'm all about that human connection. Um, I will tell you, I play most of my gigs at two places on Broadway. Um, and it's based off of the values that they have and the way they treat their musicians. Um, I play my, my home bar is Redneck Riviera, John Richards place. Yeah. Um, I do most of my shows there. I also play a lot at Johnny Cash's. Uh, between those two places that's usually seven of my gigs a week um so those are my two main spots but you know for for writers rounds i take every opportunity i get to play original music um so i it's hard to pick a favorite with with those but um you know i I play those two places i mean i i got to play on the whiskey jam stage on a round not official whiskey jam. Um, and that was a really cool experience because I've seen so many of my idols on that whiskey jam stage. And that's a stage that I'm working towards earning. Um, but yeah, man, if there's people there to appreciate music, I'm in wherever it is. Where do they set whiskey jam up? Because I've, I've seen the posts, I've seen all of that, but I, I can't picture where it is. Okay, so in Midtown, um, there's there's a few bars that are kind of more of the the locals yeah um so you have winners and losers right next door to each other and and that's where they have whiskey jam and uh, okay all right yeah it's it's really it's a really cool thing and if you're in town on a monday or thursday when they have it you have to go yeah you know it's it's funny i'll I'll give you a little insider thing that i haven't talked actually at all about um publicly but Depending on how this whole podcast thing goes and over the next year or so, I think we're, you know, the wife and I are going to try to, you know, collect some people and, and do like a meet and greet in Nashville probably next fall. So if you're around, obviously would love to love to see you and say hi. That's awesome. I would absolutely love that. Please let me know. Yeah, I will. And, you know, it, it's it's in the works. It's being talked about and, you know, muddled over and, you know, going to try to put the feelers out probably in the middle of next year to see where people will be at at that point. Definitely. Yeah. I, I typically am in in Nashville during the summer, during the busy season. Like, ideally, you know, that you want to be in Nashville during that time and maybe take a few runs out of town just to stay sane. Um, but, you know, typically the summertime, most musicians are more in town and then we kind of branch out the rest of the year. Yeah. Well, that's good to know. Awesome. Um, so I got a few more things for you um, before I let you go. Um, first of all, thank you so much for being here. You thank know, you it, so much for having me. I've really enjoyed our conversation. Absolutely. You know, I feel I can... like we'd probably talk for the next two hours if there was oh. time constraints. Oh, hell yeah. Absolutely. And about everything. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, that's that's the beauty of this. You know, this also gives us the opportunity for you to come back on and, and tell us more about you and what you're doing and and all that at that time. So if you're willing to be here again, absolutely, absolutely love to have you. Thank you so much. Um, sure. Um, so I have a typical, you know, typical questions, but one of them I'll steer clear of based on our earlier conversation. Um, <laughs> but uh, do you, do you wear cowboy boots or are you more of a that is rock such, and roll non-cowboy guy? That is such a good question. Um, I love that question. So I, um, it depends on the day. It depends okay. on the venue. It depends on my mood. I'm not going to lie. 
I love my Converse. Um, I, uh, you know, I like the vibe of boots. There's certain shows I want to be wearing boots, but I'm a very energetic performer. I like to jump around. And um, for my own safety, sometimes it's better I wear Converse. <laughs> um, but no, I, but you know, there's also, you know, having an image in country music. So I have, it took me a long time to find boots that I could perform in because I needed rubber sole boots. Um, because if they were leather sole, I'd be slipping and sliding and probably break my ankle or my face. Yeah. Um, so I had to find like a, a pair of boots that, you know, looked apart and uh, had the, the rubber soles, but also um, have like a suede top instead of a leather top so that they could you know, fit inside of any pair of jeans so I didn't have to wear boot cut jeans. So finding the right pair of boots is really key, but um, it really depends on the mood. I have this thing where on Sunday, when I perform on a Sunday, I wear my Converse 100%. <laughs> Nobody could talk me out of that. Um, but no, I, I, it's kind of a mixture. I would say it's 50-50. Nice. Awesome. Um, and, and the other question was about whiskey, but forget it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so, so that's all I really have for you. Um, is there anything, how can we find Rob Reiser out in the world of social media? Check me out on Instagram. Um, I, I've really been putting a lot of effort into Instagram lately, um, and really trying to cultivate that. And, uh, my songs on all streaming services, as an artist, I always prefer that people play it on Spotify because you're exposed on Spotify with your play counts. And, you know, that's an important thing in this industry. But, man, in any way that we can connect or come out to a show, all of my dates are on my Facebook um, and on Bands in Town. You know, everything's all updated. I love meeting people in person. Um, Rob Reiser is my handle on everything. Rob Reiser Music on Instagram. But, yeah. Um, at, but, I mean... Social media is huge, but like I've said this whole interview, like that human connection is the biggest thing. I just love just meeting people. Yeah, absolutely. In person. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, um, we I did put the Challenger on the Boots and Whiskey podcast um, Spotify playlist. Oh, thank you. So you're welcome. So I, I, and that's another thing I haven't promoted at all. And I just keep kind of putting music on there and just assuming people are going to look at it. Um, well, I'm yeah. going to be on it now. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of local stuff to hear, you know, a lot of people I've talked to, you know, not everybody, because I just honestly forget to put them on there. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, but, you know, it's a, it's a work in progress. So well, I'm adding that playlist as we speak. So. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Um, so, yeah, Rob, thank you so much. You know, it's been a pleasure talking to you. I really, you know, I, I really enjoy this friendship that we're that we're making and you know, I, I look forward to seeing your career blossom and just really kill over the next, how, you know, the, you know, however long this, this lasts. I appreciate that so much. Um, yeah. I love the way you run this podcast and, and Thank you. you're so genuine and that's really cool. I connect with that a lot. I, and, and this format is the best too, because we get to talk freely, like basically all I consume are podcasts these days. That's where I get all of my stuff from. And uh, I, I like the, and I'm very particular in like how I like podcasts to be and, and, and where, where the interviewer comes from. And I really like the way you do things. So I can't wait till the next time we talk. Oh, I appreciate that a lot. I really do. You know, I, I tried really hard to make this podcast not be your typical interview show. And, um, 
it means a lot to hear you say that. Thank you. Definitely, definitely. And the, the, converse, it, the conversational vibe versus the question answer vibe is really awesome. Yeah, I hate it. It's so boring. <laughs> <laughs> you know, cause it's so like, you, you know what the next question is going to be. You know, it's like, yeah. oh, okay, oh, I knew you were going to say that. You know, Just be yourself and connect. That's yeah. the way it should be. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. I look forward to hearing from you again. You know, feel free to reach out anytime you know i'm always here just let me know what's going on and i'll blast it out to, to the world for you absolutely you take care and you let me know when you're in nashville i absolutely all right all right rob thanks thank you bye bye well there you have it my conversation with rob riser again su- such a fun fun experience um i love talking to him about creed and growing up at you know, growing up the same time, you know, him and I aren't far apart in age and it's awesome. You know, best of luck to you, Rob, um, for everybody go get and listen to his song, the challenger, um, his ode to his father. Um, like I told you in the interview, Rob, I'm positive. Your father is very proud of you and I can't thank you enough for your time. Um, so until next time, everyone, don't forget the social medias, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, um, you can email me, Venmo, the whole nine yards. Um, until next time, keep your boots on the ground and whiskey in the glass. Good night. Thanks so much.